0: starting the show coughing my butt off into <laughs> the logo place oh they're hacking and wheezing hey, everybody welcome to dogs and hogs a new show at UGSports.com my name is Ronnie DeBulsey. I am joined by Bobby Andrews and the man of the hour the hour of power our own Russ Tanner the most famous man from Wrightsville Georgia he will tell you that uh, everybody knows he's the most famous top three <laughs> Top three. Uh, and basically, this is a new show at ugasports.com. I've been trying to get it set up for two years, but I'm the laziest, slowest SOB you'll ever meet. And Russ has finally kicked my butt and got it on the show. I got it, excuse me, got it on the platform. It's basically uh, we're going to pepper Russ Tanner with questions about Georgia football, and then we're going to make him tell us about some of his barbecue <laughs> reviews. His reviews are phenomenal. I did one with him. He goes all, well, I was going to say all over the state, but I've seen him all over the nation going to barbecue places giving honest opinions on barbecue. This isn't, hey, let's go. Everybody's got great barbecue. He's uh, he's a stern critic because he's very good at it himself. So this is a show where we talk Georgia football. We can talk to other teams in the SEC, whatever you guys want to talk about. And we want your questions. We want your comments. We want to know where you're watching the show from. You know, uh, if you ask questions, you can, he will answer them. So let's uh, hit Russ up with some good stuff, and then let's find out where he's been lately to get good barbecue because I got to say – My maybe my dream job is to, after I'm done covering Georgia, retire someplace and just have my own little barbecue joint. Just maybe in Italy, south of France, something like that, someplace where they don't have it. And they'd be like, they'd have to come from miles around because I can't compete with these Georgia guys making barbecue. But anyway, uh, Bobby is one of our uh, new guys at ujsports.com. We're very excited to have him join us. And he and Russ will be doing this today. We're streaming it. Hopefully next week, or at least the week after, we will be doing this live in person. So we will tell you where you can come out and join us. And if you definitely want to pepper them, please go ahead. So, Bobby, I'm going to turn the show over to you. Let's get it started.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Robbie, for opening that up. And, yeah, shout out to Wire Park, people over there at Wire Park, um, for helping us out getting that set up. Uh, Me and Russ will be out there every Wednesday night, like clockwork. Um, So, yeah, really looking forward to that. But, obviously – we're here for the Russ Tanner. Uh, Russ, obviously, you are famous for your barbecue reviews. You've got quite the following on uh, on Facebook. You get some, you get some views for sure. Don't be, don't be humble. I know you're humble, but well, uh, you know
2: this whole thing. People ask about like the barbecue review stuff, and it started off just we enjoy barbecue as a family, and um, it was something that kids enjoyed doing. Just stopping, and we uh, watched different food reviews online, and they liked it. So, like, let's try some of that. And uh, we started about two years ago, just whenever we are on the road, traveling, vacation, whatnot, (laughs) uh, trying to find a barbecue joint to eat. And there's really good barbecue in most places in the country. And the people you meet along the way are even better. Uh, The people that are dedicated to it are the type of people you want to hang out with. So uh, we started doing that some. It works out well because most people who love barbecue also love football. So uh, it was an easy conversation for me. And uh, if it parlays into Roddy paying me, I don't know <laughs> if paying me or not. If it parlays in us coming on the show, they'll talk Georgia Bulldogs together and then be able to spread the love for barbecue a little bit, especially in Georgia, man. That is a win, win, win for the three of us. So, yeah, I'm excited.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we got our first taste of, uh, you know, when we first had our first meeting was at uh, Doggone Good Barbecue in Athens. And, man, Pastor Bobby over there, <laughs> he can make some barbecue. I don't think we have that video up yet, but once we get that up, people will be able to check that out. Um, but man, that was, that was some good barbecue. I'm sure a lot of people watching the show have, have certainly eaten there before. Um, but Russ, Bobby's
2: knowledge of barbecue is basically zero. So Bobby's ability yeah. to tell about good barbecue is about like my ability to set the technical side of a show like this. So we <laughs> may work out well together, Bobby, the, 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 uh, verdict is still out, but yeah, we ate it doggone good. We'll get that video up at some point. Roddy talked a lot. So it's just like 18 minutes long. got to edit yeah. that down. <laughs> So, yeah, it's uh, it's cool. So we, we've got some cool ideas for the year, right? We've been trying to talk about exactly how the format of this show is going to look. And uh, we're going to do some reviews weekly with some different guys that we have access to uh, be able to talk and be on the show with us. And uh, we'll do some reviews and post that at different places and then have them come on and talk Bulldogs maybe talk a little bit about what we ate together. And, uh, you know, maybe you guys enjoy it. If you don't like it, tell us no matter what. Dane knows. He's already commenting on it. So, yeah. <laughs> We, uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited about the opportunity. And, uh, you know, like I said, man, we get to talk dogs, Ooh. we get to talk hogs. So, uh, hey,
0: hey uh, I like this idea from Francisco Hurtado, hometown Douglasville, Hudson's Barbecue, Shout out. Let us know where the best barbecue t- joint is in your town.
2: And so we maybe, can make a list. And we can do this show live at some of those places.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, of course, yeah. they, need, they need to put food in front of us so we can test it. That's it. I think we just hit on the best way to compensate ourselves for this I mean, We're now
2: figuring out what this show is gonna look like on the fly. Yes. If we yeah. get to travel somewhere and you feed us barbecue, we will talk about Georgia football. It's pretty simple. There you go. You go. I'm not a complicated man by any means. <laughs> I've never been accused of being super intelligent. So uh, you know, it's a very direct path to uh getting my attention and barbecue. I'm, anyway. I'm so yeah.
0: I'm gonna make my "We'll Talk Georgia Football for Food for Barbecue" sign.
2: You got it. <laughs> That's exactly right. That would be funny.
1: But yeah. Speaking of Georgia football, might as well segue right into that. Let's start talking about some UGA football. We got some questions in the chat, but uh, guys, how about this weekend against Ball State? What do you guys think, Roddy? I'm sure you know you've talked a lot about your opinion already um, about Ball State this week, especially on the POS show. But, uh, Russ, what did you see? Obviously, former offensive lineman for UGA. Um, you know, talk talk a little bit about uh, what you saw in that game.
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we watched that UT Martin game. And as a fan base, everybody – and if you got Kirby and some of the players on, they, they would tell you the same thing if they're being honest. It was a frustrating game because you know you're a lot better than they are. You know you're more talented. You know you're going to beat the crap out of them eventually. But the ball just didn't bounce your way early. There was some stuff out of sync. You know, you got Carson Beck coming in, first-year starter. He's dropping back, trying to time his right, ra- trying to time his drops and get the ball out. And the receivers come out of their breaks, and the timing ain't right. It's a half a step from half a step behind them. You see the twist on the D line. The guard and the tackles are not on the same page yet, because guess what? They don't have live reps against guys that are trying to beat them in a game situation. It makes it hard. So. We struggled against UT Martin, just didn't look good. I mean, the score is what it is. 20 years from now, nobody's going to look back and say, can you believe we only beat those guys by 48 points or whatever the final score was? But you, you fast forward to Ball State, and was it a perfect execution of a game plan by the two-time defending national champion, George Bullock? No. Did it look tremendously better than it did the first week against UT Martin? Absolutely. And, you know, and that's just a matter of experience for the guys. You're like, Russ, does experience really matter as one game? For a quarterback who comes in, I'm sure he felt like they injected Adderall into his veins, like Carson Beck. Like the heart rate was up. He was thumping. So for him to be able to go out there, get a game under his belt, just calm down, and be able to come out in this last game against Ball State and just look a lot a lot more comfortable with how the offense was running. I thought that was the biggest difference in the game. He delivered the ball on time. You saw more explosive plays. The backs hit the holes a little bit more. The O-line, I think the birds chirped a little bit louder. It was just a better day of football (laughs) all around because it bounced our way, the energy was there, and we executed really well from what Kirby and those guys had wanted to do. So, you know, all that being said, it doesn't make two flips. Those two games don't matter at all. We're about to find out what this team is about when South Carolina rolls in town this weekend.
0: You mentioned the uh, ball bouncing your way. You actually had two balls bounce backwards for uh, interceptions. Yeah. I mean – you take an oblong ball and you bounce off a guy's calf and it goes to uh, Chaz. You're like, that's not supposed to happen. But, you know, it, it did come kind of, here. And then uh, you have a spark with special teams. I think Makai Muse is kind of tearing it up. Uh, I'm with you 100% on game one to game two. Uh, the, one, the number one concern, though, that a lot of people had, and I don't think it's been put to bed yet, Hey, everyone's already mad at Mike Bobo, which I think is ridiculous. This is the first time you've had three – 40-point victories in a row in Georgia history. I get it that these teams should not challenge you, but you did what you're supposed to. You blew both of them out. But we are just – everyone's forgotten that you – you Kent State played Georgia tight last year with St. Munkin on the sideline, you know, or up excuse me, up in the box. And St. Munkin scored three points in the second half, you know, against uh, uh, Samford. Now, granted, you know, they called the dogs off, but at some point, you know, it it doesn't always come easily. And I know a lot of people are excited about the blowout against Oregon, but you knew exactly what Oregon was going to do. You taught that guy. It was his first game ever as a head coach. And you knew exactly what he was going to do on defense. That's why you pillaged him on offense. So uh, I think that uh, Mike's and again, I, Mike and I aren't friends. We're not buddies. I'm not trying to defend him. I just I, I detest people jumping on a narrative before it's warranted. Now, if you lose to South Carolina, you know, and Mike's – you've got bad play calls, something like that, then fine. You know, uh, crucify him then. But at least, you know, let the man get, get a seat. To, uh, I, I give a little butt impression in the chair, you know, before you try to call him out. So uh, that's that drives me crazy. The one thing I was a little concerned about, and that's why I really wanted to do the show with you guys tonight, so I wanted to get Russ's thoughts on the offensive line. Yeah. Um, mm. I think – Rush, you said, you know, there were you know new guys. You got a new quarterback, new running backs, a lot of new guys back there, new wide receivers, two new tackles. Now, Marius Mills was here a lot last year, yeah. but he's the guy now. And you got a freshman who never played last
2: year. At left tackle,
0: by that the way. left tackle. So I'm like, oh my God, they're you know, they're not mowing people down. I'm like, and both teams stacked the box. I asked Tate Radledge about that, and he's like, Well, that's no excuse, but I'm like, you know, I'm It's been a long time since I played football, but I remember being on O-line at some point and having three or four guys in front of me, you know, a guy on each shoulder thinking, the hell am I supposed to do here? How am I supposed to move these guys out? So he said it's no excuse. I think it's an excuse. I wanted your take, Russ.
2: Yeah, I mean, was the O-line performance week one good? No, it was not. I mean, they're going to tell you that as well. And, you know, and I'm careful. Like, I know I haven't been on this platform you guys before, but the little bit I get to talk about Georgia football, like, I, I will never run a kid down that plays because I've been in that I've been in that situation. I've been in a place where a game feels stale, where you yeah. want to perform. Like the fans think they want to win more than the players. That's ridiculous. Those guys get put everything they got to try to win the game. They want to win more than you do. Right. You know, whoever our accountant friend sitting in Forsyth is, <laughs> whoever the truck driver living down in Perry is. Like I know we're passionate about the dogs as fans, but those guys live it and breathe it every day. So it's not a matter of they're not prepared, they don't want it, their minds aren't in it, what, whatever the fans like to say. A lot of times it's, it's a matter of actually being able to do your job against a look you haven't seen before and learning how to adjust. The biggest thing offensive linemen have to learn to do is how to adjust when they get different looks in a football game. Because guess what? The defense doesn't line up the exact same way every time. We watched film of teams previous years, especially early in the season, to watch for tendencies. Well, guess what that team has also done? They tried to do things that break your tendencies. It's like, I know that you know that I know that you know what we're doing, so we're <laughs> going to see if we can get something out in front of you. So there's some adjustment with that. And there's butterflies, your 18-, 19-year-old guys. You know, last year was Oregon. We had a very senior group of guys up front, as far as upperclassmen heavy guys, that had already been in a lot fire. The two hardest positions on the football field take quarterback out to me are probably cornerback and left tackle especially for a freshman to play because you just play, get some absolute freaks on those positions. So Ernest Green is obviously going to be a dude. You don't start at Georgia as a freshman left tackle, unless you're going to be an absolute dude. But that dude was also probably really nervous in the first week. So I feel fine about it. You know, Cedric in the middle is going to be an all American type guy at center. Tate Routledge has experience. They're still trying to figure out who that other guard is. You see trust in there. You saw Dylan Fairchild, Now seems to be the next guy over there. Um, Get some good reps in there, number fifty-three. And then
0: we're getting Jared Wilson. We get to speak to him tonight. Yeah,
2: Jared Wilson's on there too. You've seen a lot of those guys rotating, and so the coaches are still finding. You can practice all you want to and see guys practice. Like, oh man, he looks good. He looks good. But things change when the lights come on, Uh, metaphorically speaking, because the lights (laughs) haven't been on Sanford Stadium in a long time before last week, and now this, you know, in a week or two coming up. But. They're going to be ready. You know, Kirby, if nothing else, is always prepared. Any team Kirby has under him, you look at him and say, nobody's ever said Georgia wasn't prepared. So it's just a matter of those guys being confident in the scheme, being confident not only in the scheme, being confident in the guy beside them. So when they know adjustments are coming, they do them on the fly without having to say, hey, excuse me, Ernest, when that defensive end ran around the edge, what were you thinking on that? You yeah. get past those offensive line. You talk about they need to gel. That's what you're talking about, where they can have the same brain when they see the defense give you something new and they both adjust the same way. That's why offensive alignment, that's why offensive lines typically get better as the year goes on, because the nonverbal communication of just seeing the same thing, operating the same way, and making the same adjustment is natural. And you're gonna see that every game for this for this team. And the hope is we're still undefeated when we start gelling all the way
0: the right side of your line is three all SEC uh, preseason, all SEC as voted by the coaches. So take your, take your center, as you mentioned, take Tate Ratledge and Amarius Mems. But it's that left side where, you know, you're trying to protect your quarterback where you got Xavier trust. Who's been there, you know, started all last year uh, they moved him around a little bit. And the true freshman. if I'm an uh, opposing defense, that's where I'm attacking, going after the new guy, you know, and you don't have Darnell Washington, who was, I mean, I think Kirby said, you know, uh, he's, he's unique and yeah. we see him. I mean, he put, he, he made a Nick Bosa taco the other day, just pancaked huh. his big butt for his $137 million salary or whatever puts, puts him on the ground. And not, that's not to say that he's do that every time, but he has the capability. How many people can do that? You lose him and then you put Oscar Delp out there. Well, Oscar's given up about what, 50 pounds, 60 pounds.
2: Yeah.
0: It's, it's not the Probably. same. Yeah. It's, a, it's a lot to ask of him to do that. And so who's, picking up the extras. Brock Bowers is out there laying people out. He had two big pancakes in that last game. But I think you nailed it when you talk about things going right. Week one to week two, how many drop passes were there in week two? Uh, whatever. I don't, I don't remember any, but there were a bunch in week one. You know, uh, routes went wrong. There was a. a, uh, a Brock,
2: yeah. Brock dropped a little screen out this past That's week. Right. About yeah. the only yeah. one. So Brock Bowers had about the only drop like I can remember, which is, you know, you talk about an odd occurrence. That won't happen again.
0: So, exactly. You missed a field goal, in, you know, you didn't in week one, but overall, your special teams were just an absolute, you know, uh, you know, firestorm. You got to love that. So. I'm with you there. I, I compared it on one of the other shows. It's like a chainsaw that won't crank. You know, just you rip it a bunch of times, and then all of a sudden, once it cranks up, it warms up. You know, you can go to go to town. But uh, this offense has felt a little herky jerky. Maybe need to prime it a little bit more. You know, and get it lubed up, and then it'll go. But I, and the defense is lights out. I'm, I'm not worried about the defense this year.
2: Yeah, Especially. it's. Time, it, I mean, and maybe this week, right? We're about to go through oh, like Darren a broiler house full of chickens. Let's just go get all the <laughs> dead ones up and drag them out. Like, it's time. We yeah. practice enough. We primed the pump enough against these little Rudy poos from the first two weeks. South Carolina's coming in. Spencer Rattler's throwing the ball for about 400 yards a game. I don't think he's on a pick yet this year either, by the way. But their running game has been suspect, to say the least. So you got to now think this is an opportunity for Georgia on the lines of scrimmage to go out and dominate, if they're going to be a team that has a chance to win three in a row. They'll dominate up front this week. You know, you got Spencer Rattler's going to be in the pocket more. He's dropping back. You know, he's throwing the ball 30, 35, 40 times this game. Pin your ears back and go get him. And let those big offensive linemen, and we'd have to watch Penn for this to make sense, but we did a few different things scheme wise running. It wasn't so much zone read, you know, letting the quarterback be a threat out the backside, which we did more of with Stetson. We started giving the ball off front side some, kind of stopping that backside defensive end from running our guys down. So you, you've already seen a little bit of scheme adjustment from Bobo. It's amazing, right? It's like he knows what to do when he sees a game or two of a film. So, you know, I think this is going to be the game where you see the lines of scrimmage for the University of Georgia be what makes the difference and shows why we have become the king of the castle when it comes to college football. Now, now, humility is a week away. Kirby loves to say that. So, yeah, this isn't an overconfident Georgia fan sitting here. I grew up listening to Larry Munson and Lauren Smith. I grew up with Vince Dooley being one of the coaches and being in our ear. Like, we are conditioned – to expect Georgia to struggle. It's going to take a lot more than two national championships to change that for us, apparently. But, um, you know, that's how we got where at, by winning a line of scrimmage. And I, and I expect that to be the case this week.
1: Yeah, and we had a comment here from Francisco Hurtado. He said, but Russ, the O-line is practicing against arguably the best defense. So, Russ, are you expecting you, – you said you are expecting the offensive line to look better against South Carolina – this upcoming week, uh, but Francisco Hurtado, you know, he, he does have some questions, I guess, about that uh, offensive line when they are going against an elite Georgia defense.
2: Yeah. I mean, they should be better this week. They've had two games under their belt, but to this point, you don't get better in games. You get better in practice because that's where the reps come in, especially a team as deep as Georgia is. You just don't get enough reps in the games with as many guys that are rotating in to stay healthy, to stay fresh, et cetera. So you get better in practice going against elite guys that have been recruited out of high school to come in here and trying to develop. And guess what? Those guys in practice, the, the competition level at Georgia practices now, I know you guys don't get to watch very much practice over there. So let's make this no, clear. I'm not no, a member no. of Roddy's team, so I can still go and watch it. Kirby, don't ban me as well. Um, I want to watch more than five really? minutes. Um, but you're competing against guys that want to be on the field. Those guys, the Kristen Millers um, – The, uh, uh, Jarrett, John Jarrett, those guys, they're fighting to be up there with Nazir Stackhouse, Zion Lowe, Warren Brinson, like every single day of practice, that film is telling the coaches who's going to play. So to, to your point, to Francisco's point a minute ago, that competitive juice of practice, you talking about iron sharpening iron. I mean, you've got the best of the best going against each other and that, you know, you either (laughs) get a lot tougher, a lot stronger, or you wilt and leave and go somewhere else. And the cream rises, right? Let's how many cliches can I use in one one little yeah, Not easy. but but y'all get Isn't
0: it? A thesaurus, an old yeah. man thesaurus? Come on.
2: Now
0: I think it was very apropos that you mentioned uh, what was going on in practice and that defensive front. That's something else I want to see this Saturday. I, I know that Georgia has a lot of seniors up front on that defense defensive yeah. line. Yeah. But you don't have a Jalen Carter. No. And there were times last year that Georgia's defense was being gashed without him in the game. You put him in the game, and you saw what he did in his first uh, contest in the NFL. There's a reason he should have been the number one overall pick. And I guess if we're all worried about either uh, you know, Carson Beck, the offensive line, the, the defensive line, uh, where, where, uh, lock, wherever Georgia's Achilles heel is, you know, and – at being a Munsonite like yourself, you're always worried, you know, where are, where is the weakness, where is the chain going to come off, you know, and so you're always worried about what it's going to be because you wanted to identify it early on and, you know, be sure that, that it's being addressed. I want to know, can Georgia handle a, you know, a, a really good running team, a really good a running quarterback, yeah. something like that. Can they do what? You know, can your those defensive linemen, especially when they run that uh, odd man tight that they do a lot? You know, their mint defense. Uh, can they take up a couple? Can it take away those gaps and let those uh, you know, smile Munda and Pop come through those a gaps? You know, those yeah. blitzes up the middle. You know, just the havoc that they created for years. You know, can this can this group do it? I don't think it's gonna. Even after the South Carolina game, I don't think we're gonna know the answer. Because I was looking over the list of injured South Carolina players. It is a long list. Yep. So I think we're going to have to – and then this UAB after that, I don't think we'll know then. I don't think we're going to know what this defense can really do until maybe Auburn.
2: Auburn. Yeah, that's what everybody's kind of saying, right? Yeah. You know, and and, that, and that's a good point. I think it's interesting. Every team has an identity. Yep. And, and and what do we mean by that? It's like people saying <laughs> – we, we use these cliches, like people saying, that running back be great in space. Every running back's great in space. Anybody <laughs> who's by themselves is going to look good. So yeah, like, in space. Find an identity. like what, what does that mean? Right. Let's break that down for our, a split. I already got my pen in my hand, you know, I'm getting I'll, I'll just,
1: get the whiteboard <laughs> like, out, get behind professor professor classes in session. You're talking about when
2: you look back at these teams, what do you look back as a, let's talk about the defense. What do you look back and say that was the undeniable strength of that football team? If you right. look back the national uh, defensively, we're talking about here, right? So if you look back at the last two years, for that defense, what was the undeniable strength? It was the defensive line. When you got Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Trayvon Walker, Jalen Carter, you know, you got all these. Michael Williams. Michael Williams, you got three or four first round guys up there that dominated the line of scrimmage, didn't make George take very many risk on the backside with corners, safeties, linebackers. And you were able to cover up some probably some gaps with young guys like Malachi Starks, Javon Bullard, who are studs, but they're young studs who are prone yeah. to make mistakes. This team is different. Most of the young talent is up front. You start looking right now at the guys that on, on the defensive line that may be the All-Americans, you start wondering, is it those freshman guys, the Kristen Millers of the world, the Jarrett's of the world, et cetera. But then Jordan then Yeah. You like, you like the linebacker, they seem solid, smile, Monday. You know, I, I, can't even, I can't even remember 33's name because he looks like Odell to me, uh, C.J. Allen. <laughs> C.J. Um, Allen,
0: yeah.
2: I mean, I just, I, I just call him baby Odell now because he looks just like him on the field. Pop in there. you got some good linebackers. But the strength of this defense looks like it's going to be the secondary. You look at Malachi Starks, Javon Bullock when he's healthy, Taki Smith, Kamari Lassiters. you got four guys right there that are absolute elite dogs in the secondary. With Everett, Edwards on the other side. Uh, Edwards, sorry, I messed his name up. On the other side being kind of the, the sole exception to a really experienced group. So it's going to be interesting now. Is this D-line going to pick up their level of play? To match with the back end, which this is elite, this elite secondary, you know, are they going to be able to match the same level of play that, that secondary has been showing so far? Because Tyke Smith, Malachi Starks, and Javon Buller who's healthy, have been absolute dogs and can, will continue to be for you know for the rest of this year.
0: No, it's funny you say the identity. That was the exact opposite last year, and we would do the watch along show with Coach Don, and then after we go off the air, I'm still worried about the secondary. I'm like Coach, think you, you know what are you worried about the secondary for George is winning these games easily and it looks really he looked really strong he's like but of course he saw the weakness and he would explain it to me because hell I, I wouldn't understand it but it was a situation where he was worried and then in that the second half of that lSU game Georgia's secondary was exposed yeah the Ohio State game Georgia's secondary was exposed yeah and I and I you know it's just it is what it is um, the other team saw it and they attacked it. Uh, Javon Bullard had it quite the game, but at other times, they knew to throw at him. Um, uh, uh, your play up front. Your play up front was so strong. And as you said, it masked a lot of things. And that's why I'm like, okay, let's see what uh, this defensive front can do. And, and Kurt, we even asked Kirby about it in the press conference Monday. He says – we can't evaluate our defensive line yet. They're playing guys way smaller than they're gonna see in the SEC. And I'm like, "Yeah." Thank you for being quite honest, Kirby. I mean, yep. He just he freaking nailed it.
2: I, I think for as private as Kirby is in so many areas, I actually think he's pretty honest when it comes to answering questions to the press. Yes. Um, you know, so I know he doesn't always give the But you gotta, to you,
0: gotta press the the press you gotta ask him the question. Yeah, you gotta get it in front but, of
2: you. Yeah, still there. Yeah, there it is. There we go. All right.
0: I'm hardwired in, so I don't know what's going on. I it, think it's,
2: it's Bobby. Bobby. We're gonna blame the new yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. So I'll Bobby, I'll take it. It.
1: I'm not hardwired. I, you know, I got terrible Wi-Fi, but I'll I'll take the blame for sure. But but here's what we can say about
2: that, about Georgia defense with that, right? Georgia can be a really, really good team with an elite secondary and a good defensive front. Georgia will not win a third national championship in a row unless that defensive front front becomes elite by the end of the year. You don't win at the highest level of big boy college football without some monsters up front that have changed the way the game of football is being played.
0: Do you remember when Michigan rolled into Miami to face Georgia? Those guys walked into the stadium, those uh, big plow boys, you know, wearing the uh, pit viper glasses and the T-shirts and the long hair, and I'm thinking, you know, that guys can pull (laughs) but then they ran into that buzzsaw of Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis and uh, Devontae Wyatt and you know I mean Nolan Smith you know another guy that we we didn't call his name as much but you once you have that ability to just I don't say negate their offensive line but win in the trenches that way and then you look at the other side and all the you know you got a, a uh, Jamari Sawyer, you know, a Broderick Jones and Amarius Marius Mims, and you're able to win on that side of it. There's so much more you can do. A Darnell Washington, your sixth offensive lineman out there, although 12 personnel that Georgia ran, you know, with a uh, uh, skillet and Charybdis, you know, pick your poison. Do you want to try to uh, double up on Brock? Well, then you're going to get a uh, cornerback on uh, Darnell Washington. Do you want to worry about Darnell going out? Then give, give yourself a one-on-one with Brock or uh, – uh, Lad McConkey. It's just that kind of back and forth. So I think that as you get the offensive line gel and defensive line gel, and honestly, give me your thoughts about this. I haven't seen a team that I'm worried about maybe FSU, but I'm looking around the nation and I'm not thinking that there's a, uh, I, I said the same thing when we were talking on our show earlier is uh I'm not seeing a bunch of scary football teams out there. This is a, yeah. uh, in other words, I don't know that Texas you have to look be a good against
1: Bam. I will say, huh? I will. In Texas, looked good against Bam. I will say their defensive front. There was a <laughs> lot. Of- I'm just Oregon, saying Oregon. they, Oregon. they, uh, they uh, the 11, number eleven team in the nation, which I think Texas is on. Under- I, I think they were yeah. underranked at the time. They went in to Brian Denny and beat out the uh, number three Alabama. Yeah. I, I'm just saying. in their state. defensive line, they made the, – I mean, it was Jalen Milrow throwing the football. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But I, I think Texas did look good. So, I am I am nervous for Texas, I will say. But Texas, anyways.
2: Texas has, look, has looked good. Rodney mentioned Florida State. Florida State did a good job in that transfer portal. Overall, the transfer portal, to me, I wish it wasn't the way it is. It's, it's really screwed up. We can do a whole show on that one day. But Florida State, now, if you just see them on the field, they've got guys that look the part. Like, in the past, you're like, man, where are their guys? Where are those NFL-caliber guys that were scary when we used to watch Florida State dominate through the 90s? And they've got some of those type of guys lining up again. I don't watch Florida State. I haven't seen a lot of Florida State football. But when I turn the clips on, you look at them, all right, they look good in their uniforms. They're just big, fast guys. So, you know, but, Roddy, I mean, we can be honest, right? At this point, does Georgia look scary? No. Like, we put our red and black glasses on. I think that we're winning great, doing awesome. But to the, to the idea of, like, has anybody looked scary in college football yet? No. We're ranked number one, and we deserve to be ranked number one. You know, but, again, we've played two cream puffs, you know. Yeah. I mean, we played nobody so far. We don't really know what we have as a team. So, you know, you're going to find out a lot about that. So, Bama, yeah, give, give Texas credit for going to Bama and being a really talented team. No matter what we say about Jalen Milro, whatever, the dynasty's done, savings, retiring, whatever the people say they are not always right. They went into Batman one, which is a super hard thing to do. It, Ohio state going to be good. Michigan's going to be good. You know, is Oklahoma, are, are they back? I mean, there's some questions out of USC, what they look like. So yeah. yeah right now, is be
0: better than last year.
2: Yeah. I mean, you got 10 teams right now that you're kind of lumping in that top 10 together and saying somebody's going to come out as the top dog and Georgia's in that group, but we're not clearly in front of the pack right now.
0: Yeah. But my take is along the, you, Georgia didn't look good. These other teams didn't look good. Uh, or, they didn't look dominant. Sorry, I've been trying to get yeah. this uh, line. They didn't look yeah. as dominant, but last year when Georgia played Oregon in game one and you blew them out, well, 49 to seven, that looks dominant. That that was that statement game. Uh, uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson earlier today, or excuse me, on Monday said, uh, you know, going into an SEC game, you practice different. You walk into the building different. Everything's different. And this game is, he says, kind of a statement game. We want to uh, send a message to everybody out there. And I'm like, okay, so let's let's see it. Let's see them put it together. And Texas had their statement game. FSU had their statement game. The statement wins. The games are right. closer. Georgia hasn't had theirs yet. But right now, if I'm looking at Georgia getting off the bus and I see, you know, pop, get off, you know, and then I see that offensive line that was just towered over TCU, those defense – again, Jordan Hall, get him off the bus first. Just let him walk out there. And it's like, that's a true freshman. And then yeah. – these two games, you use all those true freshmen to get that experience. I mean, I don't know that Makai where's, I don't want to say where has he been the whole time, but if you can go back to your second, third string guys, your CJ Allen, who played more snaps in week one and two at inside linebacker than anybody else, because he played some first string, right. some second string. CJ Smith, a true freshman, getting out there, being one of your top guys in week one. You're getting your depth, you're getting your uh, speed. You got some of the fastest guys out there. Uh, you put those guys together and let's see a dominant performance this week. And I agree with you. Uh, not all you have to me, as long as you're holding serve and you're as good or as dominant as the, the best FSU, U, U, uh, USC, Michigan, Ohio State team that we've seen, at least you've got one win or something along those lines. As the season progresses, you're deeper than everybody. Alabama and Ohio State still complaining about losing guys in games, but you you lost guys in games too, but you had guys who could step up. And at the end, you will have more athletes with more experience who are higher ranked, bigger recruits than most of the teams you're going to face. I would take Georgia's roster over FSUs. I would take Georgia's rosters over USCs, over Texas. Give me the coaching staffs. There are some great coaches on those rosters. But Kirby said last year, this is my best coaching staff. He's able to hang on to most of them, you know. That's that's crazy. So I, I like where George is at. I'm not. Uh, again, I feel like we spend a lot of time looking for the uh, the weakness, the, the the weak link in the chain, the the third championship chain. But we were conditioned to that. We, we've had uh, victory, you know, victory snatched out of. I mean, the defeat snatched out of the jaws of victory so many times. You know. You, yes. A, a whipped dog will cringe when if you lift his, lift your hand, you know. It's like, what? So, uh, to, to win back-to-back, you're thinking, well, you can't win a third one. But you should. You should be looking to win a third one because you've got the best team and the best yeah. coaches.
2: That's- yeah, I agree. And, by the way, this is totally off of that. So, I'm going to go back for a second and come back to uh, other good questions, Bobby, because I've got thoughts about, like, the blue buzz of college football, what this team look like, et cetera. But you mentioned somebody earlier. You mentioned this dude, by the way, is going to go down as probably one of the most underrated players in Georgia history. He's going to have one of the best NFL careers the, of anybody we've seen in the last two decades. That's Jamari Sawyer, by the way. I don't yeah. think we appreciate how good that dude was. I mean, he's going to be a pro bowler for 10 years the way that he's looked his first couple of years going to leave. And and
1: how many people went before him in the draft last year? Didn't – um. That's what I was looking up. Who was, <laughs> who was the other uh, – Justin Schaefer. Justin Schaefer, sure. yeah. No, no disrespect
2: sure. to Justin Schaefer. Right. He got released recently by the Falcons. And, again, I know. that's not a knock on him. Most players get released in the NFL at some point. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: But, man, Jamari Sawyer, to to go that far in the draft, Um, I, like Roddy probably has it up already at this point so no. he can chime in on, on when he was taken. But There's so man, many, I
0: can't count them all.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was ridiculous. I remember sitting there on – and I was sitting there watching the draft, and I was like, where is Jamari Sawyer? He was by far, I, I, in my eyes, he was the best O-lineman we had. Um, And I yeah, just, yeah. By the I way, is it him. a
2: rule on these shows that when you're watching the comments, you got to say our buddy or our friend, no matter who comments over there? Because our buddy Andy Stowe just says six rounds for uh, Jamari Sawyer. so. I feel like that's a. I'm not no. a pro on these shows like you guys are, but I feel like you got to automatically say our buddy or our friend. So, uh, anyways, <laughs> our buddy Andy there let us know six no, rounds. You round do
0: because he's, he's on all our shows and he actually yeah. is a yeah, is our, our buddy. He, he co hosts our Sunday show. Oh, I like that. It's, it's a new, uh, basically, you know, we, we have a lot of new shows. I want to have one each day, night of the week. So, because there's not a lot of good stuff on TV. So, you should come to yeah. our YouTube channel and this will be our uh, Wednesday show at eight. Um, I. I've always wanted uh, basically – I've always wanted a dog vet show, but is basically hosted by dog vent people. They could talk all well, this. Yeah, a fan show. Yeah. But Paul came to me and said, hey, you know, we got these guys that call in all the time uh, on their you know, postgame overreaction show, which is also something you should watch after each game. We do the postgame show. Uh, and they call it on Sunday. But we, we want to talk not just Georgia football. We want to talk Falcons and Braves and Hawks and, you know, United. I'm like, okay, go nuts. And they, they premiered their show this past Sunday, and uh, Mr. Stowe was a part of it. So it was Eddie from Ackworth, and anybody else who wants to join it. So uh, for those of you that have been watching the Sunday Collins show, keep tuning in. We'll have it. And there you can talk about everything. So if the Falcons win, which uh, congrats to them for winning last week, uh, you can talk that. If you want to talk Braves. Hey, uh, I kind of want to keep my eye on the Philly game, uh, the Braves against the Phillies. We'll see what's going on there.
1: So maybe going to break the record. There, Big Braves a- guy, if you can't tell in here. I yeah. got it. I mean, exactly. geez, what a backdrop. Anyways, um, I want to transition here real quick. To we'll finish up wrapping up talking about the South Carolina, but I want to talk about you guys had high praise for the Georgia defense and their secondary Kamari Lasseter today. Uh, Russ, I, I want your take on um, kind of what the – how we can contain Spencer Rattler because he's not necessarily a – he doesn't scramble, but he wow. does extend plays with his legs. And Kamari Lasseter, uh, he had an interview – Yesterday, And uh, he said it's like playing backyard football um, whenever Spencer Rattler extends plays with his legs because it's it's a free for all out there on defense. Um, So I guess, you know, talking about from your vantage point of an offensive lineman as well, when, you know, the the quarter quarterback has to scramble and make a play with his legs. um, Just talk about Kamari Lassiter. And uh, I mean, he struggled. I don't want to say struggled last year against South Carolina uh, because there were two picks. Uh, One of them was he was in on a play with Dan Jackson and Dan Jackson came up with the interception Um, and uh, Malachi Starks had the other interception in last year's game um, against Spencer Rattler. So I just want to talk about, um, you know, secondary Kamara Lasseter. Yeah. Um, You know, we'll have Smile Munden back for this game. Um, I know you already had high praise for him, but just kind of talk about that with Spencer Rattler.
2: So Kirby – uh, commented Kamari Lasser a ton this week, by the way, if you saw his comments, right? He said the practice like a pro, takes notes like a pro, plays like a pro. He's the type of kid you want playing for you. So if you start getting praise from Kirby, by the way, publicly, you're probably doing things right. Yeah. So you look back at last year. Th- th- there's a good point to be made here. Who was on the other side of Kamari Lasser last year? Keely Ringo. Keely Ringo, right? What's Keely Ringo doing now? He's playing for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? So – isn't that right? He's one of those yeah. Georgia dogs, out there, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy how much you second guess yourself when you're doing live things. I, like, oh, <laughs> I knew y'all could edit it. It's like, yeah.
1: That's why I didn't respond when you were like, "Who played? Who was playing alongside yeah, Kamari?" Right. I was like, uh, "You're going to answer your own question, right?"
2: Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not good at rhetorical, Bobby. I don't say words I can't spell. Like rhetorical. All right. So, last year, did um, Kamari year struggle some? Yes. But he had so many balls thrown his way that just the pure law of averages tells you that you're going to get burnt. It's like I eat barbecue every single Friday, and I post about it on my own Facebook and Instagram page, uh, plugging my own self even though I'm not making any money off of it. Go check it out. It's fun. But if you eat, if you eat a barbecue sandwich every day, while I love barbecue, eventually you're going to have a bad sandwich, and probably more than one. It's the same thing. If 90% of the balls getting thrown at the cornerbacks get thrown your way, you're going to get beat. Sometimes and that just happens. And experience shows you how to do that. But as experience, you become a better player. And guess what? They're like, all right, we got Kamari Lasseter over here. Number three is a dog. Wait, number six. Who is number six? Hey, Shane, who's number six? Coach Beamer. He's looking at it. Oh, uh, ever. Yeah, let's try him and see what happens. So you're gonna test that unproven commodity more often than the guy who's shown himself to be a dog for you over there. So, you know, Kamari Lasseter is is a, it's going to be a great it already is he's a great football player for Georgia so the thing with Spencer Rattler that makes him both as a coach if you if he was your guy it makes him both frustrating and exciting is he just slings the ball now in past years he slung ball and he slung it to the other team as much as he sling it to his own this year by the way he's not Roddy maybe you can fact check me on this I don't think he's thrown a pick yet this year and he's throwing for about 400 yards a game
0: so zero interceptions three he had three touchdowns last week um 698 yards in two games when I'm no math genius. but it's about 349 uh, yards per game, 700 times divided by two. But here's the thing. He's 55 of 66. That's an 83.3% completion percentage. Yep.
2: 83. Darn good. He's completing a really high number of passes. And by the way, it's not all just dink and dunk stuff. You don't pass 350 yards a game by throwing tunnel screens the entire game. Yeah. Um, So – Georgia, Kirby's used the word chaos, right? Like, what do you do to help your secondary guys? Because you cannot allow Spencer Rattler to scramble, get outside the pocket, run towards the hash, and then expect your guys to cover South Carolina's wide receivers for five, six, seven seconds. It's not possible to do on a regular basis. It's it's impossible. They're too big, too fast, too strong. So the key to that, you're going to see your defense lineman being, they want discipline in their rush lanes. What that means is if they're both supposed to come to the quarterback like this, they don't go like this and all around <laughs> and try to get him from behind. They stay where they're supposed to and try to keep him hemmed up right inside the pocket. And you want to press that pocket on him and make him beat you from right there. So, yeah, Spencer Rattler is not Jalen Milroy. He's not the, the Jalen Hurts. Let's give a better a better quarterback example. Who's going to get outside the pocket and run 50 yards and really break your back on a third and 18 by doing that. But what he does, he gets out of the pocket, and then he's really going to scramble drill. He'll throw his hand up, and his receiver will break that route off. And then he just slings that tater. And this year, he's been putting on the money a lot more often than he's been missing. And that's the scary part about what he does, you know, from the South Carolina offense standpoint. So, but if they can't run the ball, they're in trouble, and they know that, and they have not run the ball well this year. But Spencer Rattler has been putting a lot of pressure on defenses,
0: and they lost their left tackle. Um, they lost their Starting offensive tackle Casey uh, Henry, uh, freshman uh, offensive tackle Marquis Anderson didn't play versus Furman. Um, their left tackle uh, Jalen Nichols is out for the season. So um, yeah, there's a a lot of pieces missing on that offensive front. So I can see why they're having a little trouble running it. But they do have really good receivers. So yep. but again, what does Kirby like to do? He likes to make a team uh, one dimensional, you know. And that yeah. if you can make them one dimensional, yeah. then you can counter that. So yeah, I think that to me. Make- Go
2: ahead. Yeah, you're exactly right. Sorry to cut y'all. I I was talking to Shock. I did a thing with Shock through um, some other Georgia stuff earlier today, and he brought up a good point where what has Kirby done so well the last few years, almost without exception, is he takes away what you want to do offensively. He, He goes to make you one dimensional and makes you beat him by makes you beat him in a way that you don't want to beat him in. And by the way, We've won two national championships because of that, and should have won another one if, as Shane Beamer said, Alex Simmons was on side. Um, so you know it's going to be interesting to see what Georgia does from a schematic standpoint to try to shut down Spencer Rattler and what they've been doing really well so far.
1: Yeah, and uh, we'll recap our last game last year. We won forty-eight to seven, believe Rattler threw two picks, and then I'm pretty sure he got pulled after that. And uh, this year we're looking at. The spread, UGA is favored by 27 and a half. Uh, like Roddy, I'm not a mathematician, but uh, we covered, I believe we covered the spread last year. Uh, do you think we covered the spread this year, 27 and a half? Over under is fifty four and a half as well for all of our betters out there.
2: <clears throat> uh, you, did you say me or Roddy? Yeah, either know. one. Yeah. Chime in. I- <laughs> I, I've all, I'm not – it's like Michael Scott said, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. So, you know, I've never wanted to pick games like I'm on a jinx. Set. How dumb is that, by the way, that my actions and what I think happens <laughs> even matters? Like, my opinion honestly does not matter. Unless you're a Tanner child living in my house where you have where I have to feed you and buy you clothes, my opinion really doesn't matter. So, you know, for what it's worth, I think Georgia covers 27 my pick this morning, I was talking to somebody. I, I get the most common pick. Roddy, check. I, I know you do a, a, a uh, score prediction thread. Check it. The most common thread, the most common score in the thread, here's, I put my money in this, is 42 to 10. I bet you you see 42 to 10 as the majority of guesses, the most common guess in there. And uh, that feels about right.
0: I can see 38 to 14. 24 points they don't, uh, they don't cover.
2: Oh yeah, little thing
0: Hey, they have. Did they cover the last two weeks?
1: No, but this is different. In in my eyes, they're playing an SEC team, and I get it's going to. And they got a ridiculously
0: high spread.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is twenty-seven and a half. It is very, very high. South cool. Carolina did get beat by UNC, though. Um, UNC is a good football team. I know they are, but. George is better, significantly better, I
0: significantly four, better. Are they, you're guaranteed to four touchdowns, better.
2: Uh, Matt, oh my! God. Brown did choke slam Shane Beamer almost on the field. So, yeah, maybe, <laughs> don't maybe I don't know what happened.
0: You went Darth <laughs> Vader on him. <laughs> yeah, so we
2: we've got. By the way, the stuff that I love in the comments is starting to happen. South Carolina's whole roster is thinner than your average Black Friday sale. Uh, our other man said it's thinner than a dollar store napkin. Like. <laughs> he, Keep bringing those. If you want me to come back, by the way, give me junk like that that I absolutely love. How thin is the O line? Yes, that makes me very happy.
1: I was about to say, I'm sure uh, you've had your fair share of experience with thin uh, Dollar General napkins with all that barbecue, you eat, uh, Rush.
2: <laughs> Man, you, you, got, you got to plan ahead, two-plot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you go? Yeah.
0: Where, where have you been recently on your barbecue trails? Because I know you had one uh, yeah. with. Uh, you went with uh, another guy. We may know.
2: Yeah, I got I got my uh, I got a man who has put his hands on me in a very special way before. My man David Green. <laughs> this is a family board. show. I know. I know. My kids watch. They know what happens in the quarterback and center. Trust me. We take snaps sometimes. Um, so oh man, <laughs> that doesn't sound right. We no. it's football. All right, football. All right, <laughs> David Green went with me. It's in Atlanta. It's called DOS D A S Barbecue. And um, I don't want to give it away too much because I do want people to view that over there and see what happens because apparently views make people want to sponsor your show and do things with it. So we would appreciate that. But, yeah, High School again in Georgia. So Greeny went with me. Was trying to get him to be on with us tonight, but he's got a lot of kids playing a lot of sports, so it didn't work out. But, yeah, went to Doss Barbecue in Atlanta. We had brisket. We had sausage. We had ribs. Uh, We actually had turkey, which was unbelievable. They had a jalapeno cream corn that was off the chain, and some other stuff as well. Plus, everybody there is dogs. The owner, the general manager, and the pitmaster are all UGA grads and alumni. So, well, uh, okay.
0: so it's it's Das.
2: Das, yeah, Das, and uh, they've got two of them. And where is it? Yeah, we went to the ones right beside Grant Park. I mean, you're talking about Atlanta, Atlanta. I think it's Memorial Drive, right Memorial beside Memorial Drive. Park. Absolutely. So uh, I don't I don't travel that way very often. You know, people from Wrightsville get a little nervous when they start getting close to Atlanta. But uh went over there, man, and it was it was really awesome. So, yeah, check it out. Doss Barbecue in Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, this is not a paid ad. They give us a dollar. We actually bought all of our food there, and uh, it was awesome.
0: Well, tell tell us what you like. What you like the most?
2: Uh, ribs. Uh, ribs and brisket. I mean, their, their cream corn was crazy. And, again, never trust a man that – back to the idea about being thin. Never trust a skinny man's opinion on barbecue. And, uh, you know <laughs> –
0: but I've dude, earned- you you lost a ton of weight. <laughs> oh, I've, I've lost
2: a little bit. I've lost a little bit, but uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've earned some chops on on uh, being able to say what I like with barbecue. This is what I like, but I love their brisket and I love their ribs.
0: Bobby, do we have to explain what those are?
1: What ribs? <laughs> no brisket. <laughs> oh no 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 no. Bobby. But just about everything else, I have no idea what pellets are. I'm telling you, uh, Russ what, will what? be the professor. Pellets. What's what pellets? My dad was talking to me. You know, I told him you, I'm starting to do the show, and and you're the you're the professor of barbecue. And he's like, "Well, do you know you you know enough to hold your own?" I said, "I know absolutely nothing. What's a pellet 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 grill? Is that what that is, Russ? I'm talking. I know. I can. I'll flip a burger on a on a on a charcoal grill. We're talking about barbecue, Bobby. Not burgers. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's it's a different ball game. And I'm no disrespect what? because I know your right, which animal does a
2: brisket come from?
1: Brisket comes from a cow.
2: Do you know which part of the cow brisket comes from?
1: Oh, it is. Is it? Is it not the butt?
2: We it, Bobby's gonna report back to us next week where the brisket comes from. <laughs> that is. Uh, that is it. So you don't have to be the butt of any more of our jokes. <laughs> the, the oh, oh, man.
1: <laughs> no, see, this is why. This is why we're we're on the show together. You're the professor. You're you're the. The sensei, I am the grasshopper. You're going to teach me everything that I need to know about barbecue, as well as others. And I'm, I'm sure there are people who are chiming in on the show who want to learn about barbecue. Uh, because, Russ, you show me your setup. You have got a setup at the house. You make pretty darn good barbecue. Um, we, we, uh, from look, what my, I've heard. My, daddy,
2: my daddy's name is Ed. It's spelled with two Ds. He does not play around. <laughs> so, yeah, he built our smoker. Our smoker's got a name, it's JR. And it's right there beside old Trusty. So yeah, we uh, I I don't think I'm an expert when it comes to cooking barbecue. I just love to eat it, and I love people being around it. So Bobby, you are welcome at the Tanner Hill setup anytime we cook. Roddy, the verdict's still out. <laughs> Damn,
0: I'm, I'm I'm gonna get that invite one of these days.
2: <laughs> Got to so, get the uh, invite to the barbecue. Oh
1: all right, So shout awesome. out to
0: Dos on uh, Memorial Drive near Grant Park, one of their locations. Uh, apparently, when you go. Uh, be sure to get the jalapeno creamed corn, the brisket and the ribs. If you're going to mm-hmm. do a, you do the. I, would, I always like the sampler plates. You know, let me get a little bit of each thing, but
2: they can hook you up. They can hook that up. I promise
0: you. And if they want to sponsor the show, they can let us know. But uh, where, where are you going next and who, who's going to join you? Oh, do wait. Do you let people know you're coming?
2: You, you know, coming? that's. I, I do actually try to let the restaurants know we're coming Again, not we don't bring in like a HG, HGTV crew. or set up a whole city outside. Right. But there's four or five guys coming. And I don't want to go uh, film inside a man's restaurant, a lady's restaurant, without them knowing and being cool with it. Because, I mean, look, we want to promote barbecue. I'm not a critic trying to act like somebody's stuff is not good or is good, but I try to be honest with it. We try to promote it. Yeah, we tell them we're coming. And uh, yeah, I will. Uh, we have not 100% decided where we're going this week, but I will tease this for you. I've got two former dogs um, going to be on the show with me. One of which, by the way, see, if you, see how much you guys follow, was the Athens Bulldog Club flashback player of the week this week. Does anybody know who that was? I do not. Ooh, you should pay attention. Every highlight he has of scoring a touchdown is also one of my highlights, including a 93 yard screen pass against LSU in 2003 that he took to the house. And I got two guys on the ground. So um, just letting you know. Did you trip? Huh?
0: Did you trip him?
2: One guy tripped, but I pushed the other <laughs> one into him, so yeah. So, uh yeah, Tyson, Browning, and Jarius Wynn are going to be with me this week. So, oh, Colton right. County Spines, Lincoln County Spines, coming with me. So, uh, I'm teaching those boys about barbecue. They don't know anything either, although Wynn thinks he's a master chef. We're, uh, we're going to teach him <laughs> something, so yeah.
0: Uh Ty- Tyson, one of my favorites. Jarius, of course, superstar. But every time Tyson got out there, it's like, he, he, hey – Makai Hughes, he, he shouldn't be able to play that big at that size.
2: Yep. Absolute He's, monster. I was watching some of his highlights. He was at the Athens uh, Touchdown Club this week, and they did a little video thing of him. And hearing Munson talk about him, I'm giving Tyson a hard time. <laughs> Munson, little Tyson Brown. Little, <laughs> little Tyson. He's not that
0: little, but compared to all you sons of bitches, he looks. By,
2: by the way, I saw Tyson like five or six years ago play in the Oconee County Church League Flag Football League. And
0: That's
2: not fair. No, it's not fair, Roddy. <laughs> <The> majority <laughs> of the guys he was going against looked a lot like you and Bobby. Yeah. And what that Whoa. means they were not SEC. Oh, man. So with Tyson running, it was some of those guys should have retired from sport for the rest of their life because yeah. Tyson messed them up.
1: Man, catching strays over here, Russ. What did <laughs> what did I do to you?
2: You're on the show, dog. It's just what happens sometimes <laughs> when you're <we're laughs> That's <rolling>. unbelievable.
1: <laughs> I honestly, I never played a snap of football in my entire life. So that's honestly a fair assessment. Mom wouldn't let me. Well, you also
2: think briskets from the butt of a cow. So you got a long way to go, Bobby. But hey, we're getting there.
1: Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Russ, we'll, uh, we got, yeah, but you you got 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 healthy knees, man. So, So. yep. Yeah.
0: Folks, uh, be sure to tune in next Wednesday at eight o'clock. We will all be back. Uh, to talk more Georgia football, we'll be able to recap the South Carolina game, look forward to UAB, find out where Russ went, what they thought of the barbecue there. And we'll probably have him uh, we'll maybe give, we'll give. he will give us maybe his number one pointer, give us different pointers throughout the, uh, in the upcoming weeks on how to improve awesome. your barbecue yeah so, and, uh, Russ,
1: run through the uh the ranking system that you have for the fans here too real Ooh. quick so that they can understand because that's a big thing that you know fans are going to need to know how you rank your barbecue all right because it's unique
2: oh. yeah yeah i'm gonna pull up the official scale on my phone over here oh the official scale yeah official scale all right here you go zero look if you don't like it's official
1: <laughs> oh <there you laughs> in the notes. it's in the notes it's official that's like the declaration me. of independence right there folks yeah.
2: All right, 0 to 4.9 is inedible. It has been microwaved at some point in its barbecue life, okay? If you go 5 to 5.9, that's kind of the, you hungry, H-O-N-G-R-Y. You hungry, it'll do. So that's in the fives. If you get 6 to six point nine, six to 6.9 is not bad. You'd probably wear the T-shirt. I had somebody ask me the other day, how many barbecue T-shirts you got? And that is a lot. So it's not bad. You could eat it, and uh, you'd buy a T-shirt if you went there. Uh, sevens is really good barbecue. You can eat it weekly. Most most barbecue joints, your neighborhood places, are going to be in the sevens. Um, you can go there. You can know the people. You can order their food. You can be real happy with it. If you get close to eight, it's getting really strong. If you get into eight, eight, 8.9, we say you drive at least an hour out of your way to go get it. It's top-notch, really, really good barbecue. And, man, if you hit nine and above, you got to thank Jalen Carter, Devontae Wyatt, Jordan Davis on a D-line. We're talking about elite. The best has ever been. Freaking amazing. You should go out of your way no matter how far it is to eat it. If you're in the town where it's at, you should go. You should pull money out of the kids' college fund. you <laughs> got to try some of stuff, and you better get that early because they're really good stuff is going to sell out. So, uh, yeah, check them out. And, uh, again, to tease what we did, we gave a nine-plus out this last week. We went to Dots Bar. Ah, wow. So, yeah.
0: That's huge. All right, folks. Uh, you heard it from the – From the man, Doss gets a nine. I don't know that I've seen any of those. So uh, be sure to swing by there, try them out, and let us know what you think. And we will see you all next Wednesday at 8 o'clock. For uh, Bobby and Russ, I'm Rodney DeBolse. We'll see you then.
2: Go dogs.
1: Yes, sir.